Welcome everyone and, and thank you so much for joining us at Wellness for Educators. We're excited to be here. Um, Wellness for Educators, for those of you who are not familiar, is a nonprofit based here in the state of Maine, but we're serving educators worldwide. We are invested in and passionate about supporting educators worldwide with trauma and equity-informed practices and strategies for well-being, social and emotional learning through a variety of disciplines such as yoga, mindfulness, meditation, qigong, art, spoken word, and so much more. Today, I am so honored to have the counseling team from Stanford Online High School here to talk to us about how they promote and support wellness in an online school environment, and they'll give you tips to do that same thing in your environment as well. Today, we have Mrs. Freitas, who is originally from Brazil, where she started studying psychology and art therapy 20 years ago. She moved to the San Francisco Bay Area in 2002 and earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology with a minor in special education from San Jose State University. Mrs. Freitas has been working in the field of education, behavior, and mental health services for the past 14 years and recently earned an MA in education with a concentration in counseling and student personnel also from San Jose State University. In her free time, she enjoys traveling, watching movies, going to art shows, hiking, swimming, practicing yoga, cooking, and spending time with her family and friends. Andrew Satanapong, he earned his MA in school counseling from the George Washington University and his BA in psychology from UCLA. His work in counseling spans kindergarten to university students, but a majority of his career has been spent working with ninth through 12th grade students in traditional public schools in Northern Virginia and Hawaii. Mr. Satanapong has a love for helping people, a passion for human-centered design, and a vision that together we can achieve great things in his free time. Andrew enjoys photography, sports, and spending time with his dog, Sumo. And finally, Dr. Knuckles earned a PhD in clinical psychology from Pacifica Graduate Institute in 2010 and an MA in counseling psychology from John F. Kennedy University. His clinical experience includes work with adults, families, and adolescents in clinics and counseling centers in Oakland, Berkeley, San Mateo, and Palo Alto. He has contributed to secondary education projects at Stanford as a tutor, course developer, and supervisor, and he also served as an instructor and division head at Stanford Online High School. In his free time, Dr. Knuckles enjoys reading, spending time in nature, and woodworking. Thank you all so much for being here. So the first question that I have for your team is in the context of COVID-19 and with many schools operating online or via blended learning, why is it important to continue efforts to support student wellness and to include social and emotional learning in programs and curricula? Thanks, Catherine. And let's see, um, Andrew, are you able to share our slides and we'll be using those as we're going? through some of the material we have to present today. Great. Wonderful. Okay, so in, in answer to the first question, 
I think uh, it might be valuable just to spend a moment talking about social emotional learning or SEL in general. I imagine this is a concept that's probably familiar to everybody to some degree. Um, let's see, getting the slides in a better format. They're great. Thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, let's go on to the next slide if we can. So here's one definition of SEL, uh, to say that it's the process through which all young people and adults acquire and apply the knowledge, skills, and attitudes to develop healthy identities, manage emotions, and achieve personal and collective goals, feel and show empathy for others, establish and maintain supportive relationships, and make responsible and caring decisions. So this is coming from the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, CASEL. Um, you can see there. Uh, reference there on the slide, and, and we've uh, used a lot of their material in some of the programs that we have developed. Uh, let, let's go on to the next slide. Great, thank you. Um, based on research from CASEL and, and a lot of other organizations, we know that attending to SEL does have a number of benefits, both, both sort of directly in the realm of social and emotional wellness, but also more generally for students. So uh, attending to students' social emotional needs can facilitate long-term improvement in student attitude towards school, um, their emotional skills, and also academic performance. Um, some research studies, for example, have shown that um, as much as an 11-point gain can happen on standardized test, uh, standardized achievement test scores as a result of school-based universal SEL programs. So just a little bit of uh, evidence that this is something worth attending to. Let's, uh, let's go on to the next slide. Speaking specifically about COVID-19 and the pandemic era that we've all been living through, um, I think a substantial amount of recent research indicates that the experience of isolation and alone and loneliness that's happening for, for many students and many of us during the current pandemic may also lead to higher rates of depression and anxiety among adolescents, both now and in terms of prediction, even after the COVID pandemic ends. So I think we're all um, looking forward to a time when things may be a little bit more back to normal. But even at that point, I think we may be looking at a situation in which young people are dealing with more of these sorts of challenges. Um, as as uh, we may all be aware, anxiety and depression as mental health conditions do affect many children and adolescents. And this is something that's been increasing in recent decades. Um, certainly that's a very important issue in general and perhaps the most um, acute uh, concern there is about student safety because the suicide rate among adolescents has been increasing substantially over the past decade. So I think all of this lends support to the idea that we, we really do need to be um, attending to students as whole persons and not only looking at their academic achievement and progress. Uh, next slide, please. Of course, along with students, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic has also had a significant impact on us as educators uh, teachers, staff, and, and school administrators. Um, some of these challenges that I imagine are familiar to us have included changes in work setting and responsibilities, sometimes happening quickly or changing from week to week in an unpredictable manner, family or health difficulties that we might have, have had to deal with, financial effects, and, and others. And so offering support for educator wellness at, as part of a, a school program or um, developing program of wellness can also enhance performance and aid and retention, especially during difficult times like the current pandemic. Uh, next slide, please. So some of the ideas, I, I'm gonna start more on the sort of idea level here, and then you'll hear more from, uh, from colleagues as we go through the presentation today, today about some of the nuts and bolts of how we've worked with wellness and SEL at the Stanford Online High School. 
Um, for many students, the pandemic uh, has limited their ability to participate in extracurricular activities or to maintain connection with friends and peers. And, and that's true for our school, even though uh, we're an online school, many students have in-person activities that they have done or used to do in their local area. And many of those have been limited or, or just not happening at all during the uh, period of the pandemic. That lack of regular social contact, I think, is especially difficult for adolescents, uh, maybe even more so than for younger children or adults, although I think challenging for everybody to some degree. And so helping students feel a sense of belonging and friendship within their classes, for us that means online classes, and in the school community can really be a big benefit uh, because these other social outlets that students may be used to aren't happening. And so for us, brainstorming and, and discussing different strategies to support students has been a focus area for us during the past year. We spent time during staff meetings with teachers and um, support and administrative staff talking about what can we do to make people feel, make, to make students feel more a part of what's going on and connected with each other during their online classes. Uh, certainly that's something we always try to do, but I think it's been an especially important initiative during the time of the pandemic. Uh, next slide, please. One specific piece that I think is, is important in uh, supporting student resilience during this time has to do with executive functioning skills. And um, again, a concept that uh, may be familiar with to many people just to briefly talk about what that means. These are what some people might call sort of soft skills. So they're not maybe directly connected to the content of students' academic uh, uh, curriculum but they support student success. These are, these are skills such as being able to plan, focusing their attention, self-monitoring in terms of how they're, they're doing or what they might need to do to improve things, self-regulation and sort of being able to uh, direct their time and attention and energy to, to, uh, to what's most important to them, time management and self-organization. And so some relatively new research from the Stanford uh, Department of Psychology has suggested that students who have stronger executive functioning skills have actually experienced less um, emotional difficulties, depression and anxiety during the pandemic. And I think this is something that has been observed and talked about in a lot of settings. In other words, uh, with so many students doing classes and doing their work online, perhaps a lot more self-directed than what they're used to being in a physical classroom, many students have felt kind of lost or perhaps have had a lot of difficulty keeping up with what they're supposed to be doing. Um, so this is a, a, a place where we can uh, really help students. And so some of the discussions we've had at, at the online high school is to find ways and for teachers to brainstorm together uh, strategies to help students with executive functioning and even um, strengthen that as a, a resource during this time. So to uh, assist students in being able to break down larger assignments into smaller pieces, uh, helping students plan how they're going to tackle each one of those chunks going along and also encouraging self-monitoring. And, and what I mean there specifically is perhaps after a student finishes an assignment or quiz or problem or whatever it might be to look back and say, okay, what went well, what didn't go so well, what can I do to maybe be more efficient or, or do better um, on, this sort of, uh, on this sort of task in the future. And so with that, I think I will pass things over to Andrew to talk more about uh, some of the specific initiatives that we have worked on. Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and uh give you a kind of a quick rundown of what we offer in the high school. Pat will talk about our middle school um, services and programs. Uh, she's obviously uh, <laughs> worked very hard on creating uh, that program. 
so just to give you a little bit of background on our school, uh, we have a nine through 12 uh, school uh, that would be the high school and then obviously uh, middle school comprised of a seventh and eighth grade. Again, she'll talk a little bit more about those programs. Um, oops, there we go. Uh, so we do offer counseling one-to-one uh, -one, as well as uh, small group uh, counseling as needed. We uh, typically use Zoom, Skype, uh, we do phone, email, FaceTime, really what the student is comfortable with. Uh, that's how we typically meet with our students. Um, we also do online workshops, uh, academic skills. We also have offered mindfulness. Uh, Greg can talk more about that. Um, and also time management. And so these workshops typically are focused on uh, students and you know just looking at the different types of needs uh, that they need. And Greg will talk a little bit more about our, uh, you know, our surveys that we do uh, to try and identify those types of needs. Um, and then we also offer courses uh, that are for credit. Uh, typically they are pass, no pass or no credit. Uh, and, and really, um, these are the different types of things. I'm happy to talk more about the different courses that we offer. Uh, the two uh, courses that I've offered uh, are based on life design or this idea that we can design products and services and all those types of things. So uh, why can't we design our life? And it's based, designing your life is based off of or is based off of the book that uh, Bill Burnett and Dave Evans were both also at Stanford. Uh, so some of you may be familiar with that. And then also, uh, I've been fortunate enough to collaborate with Project Wayfinder, uh, which has developed a uh, purpose learning uh, curriculum. And so we offered it in a homeroom setting. And so really what we've tried to do is try to find uh, what is kind of salient to our students um, in terms of what's something that they're going to be able to kind of attach to. And I think that's one of the interesting things about an online format. Um, because it can be easy just to kind of go on with your day and let things uh, pass. Uh, so if it's like a, a volunteer thing, and that's something we're always talking about, how do we get engagement? Um, and so uh, our courses have also uh, been something that we really uh, try to uh, create. Uh, so, uh, you know, students kind of feel like, okay, there's a set time, there's intentionality there. So, uh, and again, happy to talk about any of those. And feel free to, you know, throw any um, questions in the chat, and we'll try to answer those. Uh, as we go along here. Um, we've also developed a, a wellness program, which uh, really was kind of born out of a PE requirement that we had, we've had uh, for years. And what we really wanted to do is uh, a few years ago, really expand that to include much more than just physical well-being, but also all the different aspects that go into uh, individuals' well-being. Um, and so uh, currently all ninth grade students enroll into a wellness program. It's, it's not a, uh, it's a course, but it's asynchronous. Most of our, actually all of our classes are uh, done synchronously. And so this is a little bit different where students are uh, going through uh, different things weekly and also as well as monthly. So they do reflections. Uh, a lot of these align with the castle competencies, which many of you may be familiar with. Uh, we also feature one-to-one -one coaching. And so this is actually a very important part of our wellness program where we have uh, staff members, so different instructors, uh, school support staff who uh, volunteer to be uh, wellness coaches and they follow them all year long uh, and really just talk about their well-being. And so this is a really important uh, space for students to really talk about, you know, what keeps them well, what's going on. And a lot of it is based off of not necessarily 
you did it great check that box off it's really like where are you at this moment and how can we get you to where you want to be or if you are where you if you are in a good place then what are those things that are helping you be in a good place um and we also have like different questions that you know we try to prompt them on um and so uh this is you know really uh been great to develop um and, and the other thing uh, going back to my earlier point is like you know what's going to kind of make this sticky for for students uh we've also made it a graduation requirement so pe we kind of already leveraged what we already had which was pe uh and then uh, we transitioned it into being our, our wellness program and uh and and it was already a graduation requirement so it, it was fairly seamless in that sense um and we've also expanded it to uh, a second year uh, and so our 10th graders, generally our 10th graders, uh, will be enrolled into wellness program two. And while we're still, you know, kind of fine tuning what that second year will look like, uh, this year we've done uh, wellness homerooms. And so uh, earlier I mentioned Project Wayfinder, which is a purpose learning curriculum. Uh, and that's something that I lead. And so that's something a student can take. We also have a couple, you can see uh, some of the other offerings. We have yoga, cultivating self-compassion, and then uh, Greg is leading the mindfulness and well-being uh, wellness homeroom. And again, this is like a, a pass, no credit. You know, we basically just want you to, to be present and to engage and uh, kind of have that space available uh, to all of our students. And so uh, we're really proud of what we're building here and we'll continue <laughs> tweaking things and and listening to our students to design these things. So many different options. Um, and again, this is all online and some of it is synchronous as coaches are meeting or in this case for the, the Wellness 2 program or program two uh, for the Wellness Homerooms, that is a synchronous uh, place where people come to uh, on a weekly or, or bi-weekly basis, depending on, on what, the, what the homeroom is set up. So uh, again, trying to leverage uh, what is sticky for our students, and then um, creating experiences built around that. And then also uh, just to speak a little bit about what we've been doing uh, for teachers and staff, you know, uh, being in an online setting, you know, we're very much like our students in the sense of, you know, we're, we're often in our uh, spaces inside for a long time doing the work that we do. And so this is also another space that is something that we want to be very conscious of. Um, and so we utilize Slack, uh, which is an online chat uh, uh, program. And so I know a lot of schools uh, utilize this, a lot of companies use it. Um, and all these different hashtags are just uh, samples of the different uh, channels, as they call them. They're, they're basically different chat rooms, uh, if you're familiar with chat rooms from back in the day, which I am. And um, yeah, you know, one of the ones uh, like Get Those Berries is a is a wellness specific uh, channel where people talk about the different things that they uh, are doing to kind of stay well and keep well. Uh, water cooler is like all for like random, you know, kind of things. And so uh, again, that's one of the things that we do to kind of stay in communication, especially now that we're all online and not seeing each other. Um, typically on a non, in a non-pandemic world, uh, we would have monthly collaborative Friday meetings where we're meeting in person uh, we continue those collaborative Friday meetings, but now in an online space only. Um, and so uh, I've done Project Wayfinder activities to help us learn from one another and listen and 
do all those things. And I think it's really interesting. What I really loved about it is offering something that I offer to students, but also to my colleagues um, and them having that experience uh, that's parallel to uh, what uh, I'm bringing to students. And so that was really fun. Uh, mindfulness practice, Greg led uh, like an online series of, uh, of mindfulness activities that got a lot of engagement. Um, and then just doing wellness in person at when we're in person, uh, having those uh, activities, we've done simple as walks. We also play tennis uh, and just had, you know, a lot of fun just at least being outside for a little bit. And I think the key there, uh, in my opinion, is that we were able to have um, that space carved out. So the, the Collaborative Friday meetings are actually, there's a, there's a whole day of activities uh, in the afternoon. Typically, there's a lot of different options. Uh, and, you know, our leadership recognizing that wellness and well-being is important, uh, being able to give some one of those spots to uh, a wellness type of activity. That's an option for uh, for folks. So uh, total, like, just like <laughs> breezed over it. Happy to talk about any specific uh, thing I just mentioned there, um, if there are questions there. And so with that, I'll pass it over to Pat, who will talk about all the wonderful things she's done with the middle school. Thanks, Anne. Can we jump to the next slide already? So, okay, so these are some of the uh, uh, services that we offer in academic guidance, social emotional support and communication, also facilitating communication between uh, students and families and instructors as well. Uh, for academic guidance, we do have an academic advisor um, who uh, pretty much is specifically works for with middle school students, uh, but we work in collaboration, checking in with students on their grades, attendance, um, and uh, time management as well. So time management, organizational skills, and uh, sharing some academic skills um, that students need to be successful in class and uh, to manage their schedule and to feel like they do have some structured routine that they have the, to, they, they can follow. Um, it's super important. Um, Greg mentioned before uh, how executive functions um, are a big um, focus, uh, uh, especially now during the pandemic, right? So how it can be helpful um, uh, in terms of uh, leading us to, to uh, uh, feel confident and to feel secure, right? To feel safe uh, in a time of uncertainties and uh, in a time that we don't really, um, uh, we are not really guided, right? So by um, others in brick and mortar schools, uh, I do understand, especially talking to um, uh, counselors, uh, colleague counselors, uh, counselors from different schools, um, they do mention the difficulties of students uh, uh, actually uh, not having a, a specific schedule that they have to follow, right? So they go to classes, but they don't really have you know, like that uh, uh, time to, uh, to study uh, plan for them or uh, uh, break times or different things, different activities planned out for the rest of their day. So uh, that's something that we um, work a lot and uh, we offer a lot of support um, at OHS this environment online. Um, we, uh, for, oops, 
Sorry, you go back to one more. Sorry about that. Yeah, I just also want to mention uh, we do have some students that uh, have accommodations, specific accommodations that we work with, um, and families as well. So uh, accommodations vary. It could be learning accommodations or disabilities, or even like uh, just a medical accommodations such as migraine, for instance. So it just uh, felt like it would be uh, helpful to mention, especially because uh, this is a focus on students' wellness, right? So uh, there is um, uh, a learning specialist, a disability specialist at Stanford that works for OHS, um, that works uh, directly with the families and uh, uh, reads their, their refer medical referrals and uh, provide the specific accommodations based on a student's needs. Uh, accommodations are confidential, they get to share um, their letters um, with instructors and we counselors are here to support them advocating and like communicating with instructors and um, uh, also managing their time uh, and their assignments as needed. Um, all of the other services on these uh, uh, table are pretty similar to what Greg already mentioned uh, related to OHS. So uh, Andrew, now it's time if you could <laughs> move to the next slide. Okay, so here's a good list of these specific middle school programs that we offer. Um, we do focus on uh, two uh, very important and uh, that we took a couple of years to put together the middle school committee in, uh, in collaboration and myself in collaboration, we worked um, with also other instructors that are not part of the, the middle school committee, but um, uh, that gave us some great feedback. We worked on uh, these two uh, transition programs. One is the onboarding program for new students at OHS um, and parents as well. So uh, in this program, we are welcoming all the students. So we are talking about our environment and we are talking about how they can prepare for class, how they can, where they can find uh, material, how they can submit material. And also, you know, like the, the really special part about it is it's uh, in like those uh, uh, breakout rooms that we offer with uh, some fun activities, social activities for students uh, uh, coming in and joining us and they get to know each other. They get to understand uh, um, that they're in the same uh, boat and uh, they get to meet with some instructors as well. So it's a really um, helpful program and I'm happy to get some more details about the program. Um, uh, 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 later, if you have specific questions, I'm happy to connect later and uh, give you more information about it. But uh, it's been great and uh, we are really happy to be able to provide. So we meet with the students uh, for three days in the beginning of the school year in the first week of the school actually um, of classes and um, yeah, we follow up with them in different ways and uh, that's fantastic. Also in the spring, uh, this is a recurring program, uh, again, that I work in collaboration with and not only instructors, but all different departments, even like the counseling department. Uh, we talk about their transition to high school. So uh, that's offered in the spring. Um, we, uh, for the first meeting, we talk about academic guidance. Instructors get to uh, discuss uh, their courses, the courses that are offered in ninth grade. We talk about support services, including 
like all the wonderful things that uh, Andrew and Greg mentioned, um, all of the homerooms and the wellness program. Uh, we talk about counseling services. So, you know, like it minimizes their anxiety um, in regards to, you know, like college application and everything that comes in mind when we are talking about high school, right? So, you know, like it's a good opportunity for them to know that uh, things are going to, all the information they need and uh, all of the process will be coming at the right time. And uh, they do uh, have some great support coming from us. Uh, shouldn't worry about that much. Uh, and also engagement opportunities. So we talk about the social aspect of OHS. Uh, we do have a lot of different life, uh, student life and activities at OHS on Fridays. That's usually when students don't have classes and uh, students get to uh, meet for their clubs. We have over 70 clubs and circles at OHS. They are fabulous, ran by uh, students and sponsored by uh, instructors and staff. And students get to tutor also. We have a wonderful writing and tutoring center um, that uh, we have instructors available to meet with uh, students for their academic uh, uh, questions or even just to provide feedback and students get to, uh, to do the same. So that's a wonderful opportunity for them too. So yeah, the onboarding and the transition to high school series, um, along with the Pixel Pals, which is the buddy system in the beginning of the school year that helps uh, the uh, uh, new students uh, to become more familiar with the school uh, and to feel like, uh, yes, you know, like I already know at least one person at OHS. So that makes things a little uh, easier and uh, you know, like it helps them to communicate in our environment. So that happens for the first couple of months of the school year. Um, we also offer some workshops uh, throughout the year. We have a communication workshop in the fall um, that teaches about our uh, how to communicate online, how to socialize online, how to uh, communicate with the instructors and to ask for help if they need to, right? So and some netiquette as well, that's a little different than in-person interactions. And study schedule, I can talk a little more about it. Um, it helps them organizing that uh, structure of studying and also accommodating in like personal uh, activities uh, and re uh, related to wellness or even extracurricular activities that they have going on uh, in their weekly plan. Um, we also offer a, a mindfulness workshops, so in collaboration with uh, uh, high school counselors. Um, and let's see, a learning strategies course. So that's a wonderful course. Um, it's a six module course that I can also provide you um, with some information, specific information later on. Uh, it talks about uh, time management, organizational skills, academic skills, including note-taking, uh, preparing checklist, creating checklists. We talk about memorization and different techniques that they can learn to help with their study practice, um, as well as mindfulness uh, coping tools. 
Um, and we practice uh, some activities during our meetings uh, and, and that happens during the fall, like I said. And uh, yes, collaboration with middle school committee, we talked about that, so they've been wonderful. They helped uh, putting together and assessing students for uh, the onboarding program, assessing their needs uh, to create the onboarding program. And uh, also uh, we work on events planning and uh, course proposals and so on. Um, I also get to meet with parents a couple of uh, times a year to talk about our programs and also hear from them um, uh, and see what else we, we can help uh, their students with. Can I see the next slide? Oh, Andrew, thank you. This is a, a sample of a, a work that was submitted by an eighth grader. Um, we had 40 students actually taking the learning strategies course this past fall. Um, and these are some of the main topics that they, the student uh, enjoyed learning from the course. So communicating with their peers. And like, it's what a, I'm actually very pleased one of the things that, that um, students mentioned that they really enjoyed from the course was learning from each other. So they have the opportunity to go and experience, you know, to talk about where they're coming from and what they enjoy doing and how they do things, how they organize their, their work, what their preferences are. So it gives uh, uh, them ideas of what they can try, right? So we talk about growth mindset a little bit. So it's, uh, it's uh, really helpful. And it's, uh, I was glad to hear that they enjoyed uh, that interaction with other students and learning from each other as well. All right, next. Okay, so this is, um, these are some um, of the uh, uh, main topics that I do uh, suggest uh, that students include in their daily and um, their weekly schedule and their study plan. Um, usually in you know, like a two, try to set up a routine. I tell them you're not robots, right? So we have to review our schedule every now and then and add maybe like an element of surprise to make your day excitement and not to have uh, your routine become in like an automatic thing. And uh, in like, it's important to review and to, to, to uh, change it as you wish, right? So then this is yours, I tell them, when you're putting this together, you know, remember that this is yours. What you're planning for your break time, it's up to you, right? So your personal preferences, how you're rewarding yourself after you complete your assignments and you complete your week, it's important to think about that. Um, and also to consider your energy level too, right? So where am I going to add, you know, like study time for math, you know, like during my day, if I feel more energized, you know, like in, in the morning or maybe like in the end of the day, or uh, when, when do I have, when am I actually when do I have better focus to do my reading, right? So without falling asleep or getting distracted. So those are questions, self-awareness uh, questions that uh, I, um, I remind students to, to ask themselves when they're putting this together. But yeah, um, working with the, you know, like having, uh, you can skip to the next uh, one. It's, I think it's easier to, okay. So this is a, like a long schedule for a student here. We try to plan, try not to um, to add uh, weekends uh, to, to their time, right? So I know that a lot of our students do work during the weekend. 
you know, we try to, to have them uh, working on a checklist in the beginning of the day um, to work, to see what they have coming up, um, not only in like assignments that are graded, but uh, how they can plan for class, right? So review the material like it was mentioned before, but how they can plan for class. And that helps them actually building some confidence uh, uh, for participation in class, which is something that's not easy online, right? So we, we don't really know uh, when to uh, interject, how to interact and how to actually ourselves uh, in, in an online environment. So, so it's important for them to, to, uh, to prepare themselves for that. So uh, yeah, we work on um, a checklist and uh, I do recommend that adding a checklist for the beginning of the day um, as an important practice. So on um, color coding is really helpful, right? For the visual aspect of it, it helps uh, create building habits, creating new habits. Um, and uh, here we have um, this student's um, practice, um, uh, not practice, I'm, I mean classes in red. And in orange, we have all of the extracurricular activity this student has going on. Um, we do uh, recommend, I do recommend that they add some transition time between activities, right? Some break time, short break times. Uh, we talk about the importance of breaks during their learning strategies course as well. So that's something that uh, we do encourage students to, uh, to take and incorporate in their schedule. Um, but yeah, so dinner time, workout time, and uh, some structure like times for homework. Um, and also resources that we have here in uh, yellow, uh, some office hours uh, times uh, when instructors are available to meet with them in you know, like outside of class. And that's something that we encourage uh, students to do a lot uh, to build this, re this relationship with their instructors uh, that is part of uh, actually the social emotional learning uh, uh, um, practice, right? So it's a competence uh, that's uh, important that they, um, they work on. Um, but yeah, communication, like I said, in like a really important line, and so we're always encouraging our students to do so. Let's see what's on the next uh, slide. Okay, so I don't think I, I ended up mentioning homeroom. So we also have uh, do a lot of uh, wellness uh, work with the homeroom uh, instructors and uh, staff. So we, we, we do a lot of discussion discuss a lot of different topics that we can incorporate. The homeroom for high school, for middle school students uh, is structured in like in a check-in base. Then we have some discussions, um, discussion topics or some games that they can play. And then we mention some announcements for this from the school. Uh, so we can uh, encourage them to participate in social activities, right? Um, these are some uh, discussion topics for uh, that are related to specific mental health uh, triggers and coping strategies uh, that uh, uh, we had in our homerooms. And I think the next slide shows, yeah, some of check-in activities uh, related to uh, to wellness, right? So, you know, like we have some stretching sessions, you know, like at times. Um, and, you know, like a self uh, uh, um, 
regulation we share some self-regulation tips and you know like uh, checking for their emotions you know like uh, how are you feeling um what do you mean by that checking for their energy levels and you know like uh, what do you have um uh coming up so we work proactively to remind them of actually you know, like uh, working on a study plan and uh working ahead of time right looking for help ahead of time so here i love this one uh, um uh, this activity on the top right uh, is a combination of different check-in uh, topics that we uh, actually did uh, throughout the years. So, you know, like one, you know, like let's talk about your wellness now. You know, like so, it's kind of like uh, uh, having them doing the check-in, uh, uh, a roundup, a, uh, a well-rounded check-in based on you know, like everything that you can think of. You know, like am I sleeping well? You know, like how is my breathing? You know, like am I taking am I drinking enough of water how is my mood going and my energy level and so on right so we usually check on those individually but at this time like after a certain uh, certain times a certain number of check-ins we decided to to go with the uh with the collection of them and they they actually pr did pretty well so that's pretty good so let's see what else do I have for you in the next slide okay yeah i guess this is it but i i do have a lot of great information and uh details to share with you if you have uh, any specific question i'm happy to to share more about the the services that we offer to our students online thanks pat and uh, catherine did did you have a question or did we want to go into a little bit more detail about the project wayfinder activities that andrew has done with uh, both with students and with teachers and staff yeah it's totally up to you if you all want to field questions throughout or if you'd rather wait until the end either way is totally fine but i would love to know more about the the wayfinder Yeah, I don't mind talking about it right now. Um, so Project Wayfinder, uh, projectwayfinder.com, if you want to see a little bit more uh, of all the different offerings. Uh, specifically, uh, we did their purpose, uh, we use their purpose toolkit. Uh, they now have a belonging toolkit, which is uh, something we're looking into uh, adopting uh, for our 10th grade wellness homerooms uh, for next year. Um, but from the, the purpose toolkit, the, the activity, some of the activities that we did with both students as well as educators. Uh, one was journey map and journey map is based on this, um, you know, mapping of different uh, twists and turns in, in one's journey. And so as a, as a, a adult, you know, we have certainly a wider band of time to be looking at our journeys and, and uh, how we got to, you know, where we were. And so just really mapping that out and then really, you know, what I really love about Project Wayfinder is the, the questions, the prompting questions that really just kind of get conversation going. And so having these conversations with uh, other folks uh, really just helps to facilitate more relationship building, communicating of your own uh, uh, self. And so Journey Map was, was one of those. We also did Rooting and Joy, which is uh, based off of identifying things that you really like to do or love to do. And then um, really kind of distilling what what about it, about all those different activities uh, really kind of gets you excited. So, for example, if I wrote down something I love is basketball, uh, then I would connect it to some of uh, the roots of that is like 
you know, being physical. Uh, it is, I feel like it's a very creative sport. Um, and then uh, I might also put down something like, I really enjoy um, creating experiences. And part of that might be like, really like doing things that are like really active. And so we can see like basketball and like creating experiences, how they join are uh, I really like physical things. And those are kind of the roots. And then kind of from that, we can decide, oh, like, well, what are the things that we can kind of do to, to bring more of that into your life? Uh, and again, you know, sharing that with your colleagues, uh, as students share that with each other, uh, I think we can kind of all see how that might be really, you know, wonderful and fruitful. Um, and so for the students, I did that or, over uh, the course of a whole year, um, doing activities that are uh, and, and kind of broken up into chunks, uh, minds, uh, Wayfinder mindset, uh, self-exploration, um, and then uh, thinking about the world beyond yourself and then doing purposeful action uh, or stepping uh, into life with purpose. And so uh, we went through that whole curriculum for uh, teacher staff. We did, uh, we did individual activities during our collaborative Friday afternoons. Um, and so uh, trying to, to, to provide that experience for everybody, but uh, happy to talk more about that. Cool, thanks, Andrew. Any other questions that we have there? Can also bring up the slide again. Whoops. No questions. I don't see anything in the chat, so I don't miss it. All right, I'll reshare the slides and again, feel free to uh, type in any questions into the chat. And let's see, I think I'm addressing our next segment. Um, Catherine, should I go ahead? Okay. Yep, go ahead. All right, perfect. So uh, I, I know we're uh, approaching the end of our time, so I'll, I'll try to uh, keep things moving here. Um, some thoughts about our process. I, I think you've heard us talk about all sorts of different initiatives and um, activities and programs we've developed or, or um, uh, been working on. And this has been over the course of a number of years. Certainly, there are many pre-packaged social-emotional learning curricula, um, what's Second Step, Character Strong, Lion Step. There, there are a lot of them you've, you've probably heard of. And that's certainly a good option for developing and launching a program. Um, such a, a, a step or going in that direction could involve a significant cost, uh, however. And, um, and this is uh, one of the considerations that we've taken into account. Um, sometimes prepackaged curricula may not necessarily feel like they're addressing the specific needs of your school. And so we've um, engaged in more of an incremental process. adopted from other organizations or sources like the Project Wayfinder curricula, but then in other cases, we've um, you know, perhaps modified things or, or created our own activities or resources. Um, and that's been a process that's included getting input from our own faculty and support staff, support staff and administration, certainly also from our students and parents um, to uh, try to come up with what's really going to work best for us uh, and our population of students. Uh, next slide, please. Thank you. 
So uh, one uh, piece of eliciting this, uh, this input has involved working with Panorama Education to elicit survey input from our students about their experience at our school. And that has allowed us to also, um, working with an organization like Panorama has allowed us to compare ourselves to other institutions, which is, which is helpful. Then we can sort of see where perhaps we're doing well and where we might have some areas of growth. Uh, those uh, results in general have indicated a lot of strength in a variety of social and emotional competencies among our students. And one specifically uh, identified area of growth is enhancing the sense of belonging among students at our school. And I think Andrew mentioned uh, the Project Wayfinder Belonging curriculum seems well poised to address that. And so that's something that we have been exploring. We've also gathered um, input from various other constituency groups in the community, including focus groups of students, parent association meetings, and, and in-house surveys that we've created. Uh, next slide, please. I think we've talked a lot about the different types of activities that we do in different settings, but just to mention some of them, some that I've worked with uh, myself. Um, I think one of the messages we'd like to get across today is so many things that you might be familiar with doing in person can, with appropriate modification, be done effectively online. It, it always is a good idea to think ahead about how this might go and how you might need to modify things. But here's a long list of mindfulness-based activities that we found work well online. And um, again, there may be things that you've experienced uh, either in, in person or online. And so that's one uh, uh, list of examples. Uh, and just as an example lesson, something a little bit more um, fleshed out that we might use, say, in a counseling workshop. Here's a sequence of uh, steps or activity steps that we might go through with students in a growth mindset workshop. I think uh, Pat mentioned doing something like this with our middle school students, um, exploring the concept with students, asking them to share their reactions. That could be done, say, in breakout rooms or um, or in a, in a whole group if the group is small enough, uh, giving students a quiz to locate their own position on a continuum of, of fixed mindset to growth mindset, and then perhaps sharing that either um, uh, anonymously or otherwise, and then having students do some kind of um, uh, live work in the workshop and something that they could then take away. Uh, next slide, please, just to show some of the um, online worksheets that we've worked on, uh, had students work on in this kind of um, in this kind of workshop. And let's go on to the next slide. So again, the, the point here is that many lessons, whether they might be delivered by counselors or delivered in other formats, could be done online, either individually or in a group setting. Students can be asked to share by writing on a slide or typing on a slide. Of course, they can speak on microphone or optionally with video if that's appropriate. They could share in text chat. And also we do find that breakout rooms are very helpful. If we have a large group of students, it can really um, help all students to feel heard and feel like they have a chance to participate. If we break them up into uh, groups of two or three where they're going to be working together, sharing with each other, and then perhaps coming back into the large group to um, share what they've learned during that process. So let's see, I think at this point then, if we have time, I will pass it back to Andrew to see if we want to try a short exercise today together. Yeah, uh, we've got eight minutes uh, and we can you know, work with that if we wanna you know, have a little bit of fun, just kind of give you a, a sample uh, activity here uh, that actually do, comes from, I guess I'll, do we want to go ahead and do it, Catherine? What do you think? Yeah, that works. Yeah, all right, cool. Let's go for it. Uh, and this comes from uh, Design Your Life. Earlier, I mentioned uh, that I've run a course uh, based off of the book, uh, as well as using creative confidence. If you're not familiar with that, but I usually use those two texts. 
Um, but this one comes directly from Designing Your Life and you can actually download this activity from designingyour.life. Um, and so what I want you to do, and I really want you just to do it, I'm gonna do it myself because I love doing a check-in and I just found a little napkin that I have on my desk, so I'll do it on that. Um, so just something to write down. If you wanna do it on your computer, that's totally fine. But really, I want you to go ahead and just create this um, dashboard, as they call it, and really just looking at these four things, these four areas of your, your life, love, play, work, and health. And I want you to just mark your dashboard as it currently exists. Um, and try not to worry too much about what, it, like, what, what, what do you mean by love or what do you mean by play, just whatever it means to you. Uh, I want you to go ahead and do that. So uh, normally I would play uh, some music while we do this. and uh, But for time's sake, let's just go into this. I'll give you about 30 seconds. You might feel rushed and that's okay. All right, so hopefully you've been able to just, you know, color in that meter, kind of like a, a, a gas gauge as you might wanna call it or whatever it may mean. Go ahead and feel free to keep finishing that. And why don't you just take quick, you know, 20 second, what do you notice? Uh, this is uh, my dashboard that I created uh, prior to this presentation. Uh, let me see, how does it feel right now? Yeah, I think that's actually fairly accurate. But just look at your dashboard. What do you notice? And so I want you to ask yourself this question. If you could make one incremental change, what would it be? And then go ahead and redraw your improved dashboard. Here, I just, for simplicity's sake, I just kind of colored in a little bit more, I, I love to play, um, but I'd probably say it's pretty accurate right now that I'm not playing a ton. And so for me, I would love to just make my play a little bit. And this keyword incremental, just a, a small change. I think we might have the tendency to be like, well, you know, I wanna feel full in every area of my life. And, you know, I mean, that might be great, uh, but that might not necessarily be the goal. Probably if you were feeling full in every area of your life, probably pretty be pretty exhausted. So uh, the idea is again, an incremental change where what's what space would you want to maybe improve? And so you know in considering like this space, like really think about just quickly reflect what would you get if you could attain this revised level of balance? You know, how would your life really how would it change for you? And if you had this incremental change that you were able to put into place. And then this final prompt. And I really hope you, you know, even if you kind of are like, well, I don't know, I really hope you take this pretty straightforward, pretty simple. And that's why I really like doing this dashboard activity. Hopefully you do this offline, you know, and really complete this and really think about what incremental change could you make to move in this direction? So for me, what change could I make to like, just, you know, move towards that 50% play where I felt like 50% full and play, 100%, I mean, I don't know, that seems just too far off, but how could I just bump that up a little bit? 
And then what would I need to do to make that happen for one week? You know, not for the rest of time, just for the next week. What could I do to really kind of bump up uh, this, this area of my life that is really important to me? And so I'll quickly stop the share. And I know uh, I've been talking kind of quickly. Uh, what I just shared with you, I've done in classroom setting, also done this in my individual counseling session. And so, uh, you know, I think uh, you can really do it and hopefully you can see the different ways you could do it online and uh, also, uh, you know, spur conversation. And so I had students like sharing their dashboards, what are some ideas? Uh, we've also had uh, brainstorming sessions on like, okay, how could, you know, in my case, it'd be, okay, like, what are some ideas you have about increasing play in your life? What would it take? And so, again, a, a lot of the things that we do, I think, are to try and increase that, uh, that connection and that relationship building uh, piece while also learning a skill, uh, obviously, for uh, the individual person. And so, uh, we only have two minutes, so I won't go into the full thing where, you know, I ask it, oh, like, so what are you going to do? And it kind of gets cool because then you can inspire each other in terms of like what you do and uh, or what you may do. And you might have uh, uh, buddies, accountability buddies. So if Greg shares that he wants to do X and I share I'm going to do this other thing, it's, hey, let's like catch up in a week and see where you're at, right? And that can be done in an online setting. And that's what we, what we have, um, you know, done in the past. So kind of leave it at that. Uh, and so I don't just keep popping in and out of my share screen, but if you have questions about anything we talked about, I know we threw a lot at you. Uh, you can always reach out to us at ohscounseling at stanford.edu. Uh, Greg, if, there you go. Thank you, already doing it. And uh, yeah, one minute for questions, let's go. I know that there were a bunch of uh, resources that you added to um, the preparation documents. So is it okay if I share those on the landing page for the, webs the webinar? Absolutely, yes, that would be wonderful. Yeah, I, I think those would be places to learn more about a lot of the things that we've talked about today. Yeah, perfect. Well, if there are no questions, I just wanted to uh, send a huge um, or give a huge round of applause uh, <laughs> to Andrew, Greg, and Pat. Thank you all so much for, for sharing all of the things that you're doing to support your teachers and students and uh, caregivers. Um, we're just grateful to have your, your, um, your examples to share for others to learn by. And, um, and if you do want to get in contact with them, they have their email address here, ohscounseling at stanford.edu. We'll be posting this recording on the landing page on our website, wellforedu.org. And um, you're welcome to share it with anybody who you feel would benefit from it. There's our web address. And we look forward to seeing you all again soon for another webinar. Enjoy the rest of your day.
Thank you. Bye, everyone.